time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right, welcome to Vintage Truth Podcast. Happy Friday to you. I'm Jeff Kinley, and, you know, today's Friday, and uh, at my house, here in the Ozarks, we're about to be invaded by a group of women. That's right, a group of women are coming from many parts of the country to a little little mini retreat that my wife and I are sponsoring. It's called Farmhouse 24. And I'm very excited about this concept. You know, a lot of times you'll go to a conference, you'll hear a speaker, and you'll see him up on stage, and you may go back to his book table and buy a book, shake his hand, you know, get an autograph or whatever. But you don't really have a time to have a discussion with that that personality, that speaker maybe, that author that you like. And it's, you know, there's no personal connection. That's okay. I mean, it's kind of the nature of the beast and something like that. But, you know, we like to make personal connections with people. My wife and I, we spent 30, over 30 years in ministry together, and we've done a lot of small group ministry. So when we bought this house, this property up here in the Ozarks, we thought, gosh, how, how can we use this house for the glory of God? We thought, well, gosh, wouldn't it be cool if we just, you know, had people just come into our home and we just, I just teach them for 24 hours. We just have sessions together and meals together and depending on the time of year, you know, sit on the fire pit on the front porch and the upper deck or whatever and just hang out and chill and have a good time. And uh, so we created this concept called Farmhouse 24 where up to 10 people, usually of the same gender because of our sleeping arrangements here in the house. Well, we can sleep up to 10 folks here at the house and you just come and uh, have a great time with your friends. Maybe your small group or ladies group or men's group or whatever, or, or you know, a youth group could come as well, a small youth group. Anyway, the whole concept is that you come and uh, we have these sessions together and you can ask questions and we go deep in the scriptures in my living room together. And um, it's, a, it's a great concept and we're very excited about it. If you'd like more information about the Farmhouse 24 ministry, then uh, just shoot me an email at jeff at jeffkinley.com. That's pretty easy, right? Jeff at jeffkinley.com. Just say, hey, tell me more about this Farmhouse 24 thing, and I'll shoot you some information, and you can take a look at it and see if it's something that might fit you and your friend group. Okay? Cool. Hey, today, we're going to talk about, we're going to piggyback on something I kind of ended on last time about the Bible and the Word of God and how to how to kind of keep it fresh. And so I want to talk about today on how do you maintain a fresh faith? How does your Christianity and your walk with God specifically, your interaction with the Bible, how do you keep it fresh? You know, I, I just started a really cool small group Bible study in, in this town up here in the Ozarks at our church with about five or six teenagers from the community. I just said, hey, who wants to go deep? And these teenagers said, pick me, pick me. So we're meeting at a little coffee shop deal in our church on Tuesday nights. And I said, um, what do you guys want to talk about? What do you want to study? And they all said, hey, would you teach us through Revelation? Would you take us through your book, Wake the Bride, and let's talk about prophecy and Revelation? I was like, hey, hey if you're hungry, then I'm, I can cook. So, so we're going to meet and uh, we're talking about that right now. We've already met a couple times and uh, it's been really cool. So um, anyway, all that to say is that that small group interaction, I think, is very important. And when you're hungry for the word, I think God meets you at your point of, of need. So, But how do you keep that fresh? You know, how do you, 
some of you guys were growing up in church, and these kids have grown up in church that I'm ministering to. Lots of people that I talk to have grown up in the church, and you've heard Bible stories from the time from your mother's womb practically. You just you've heard it and heard it and heard it. And you know there are two responses I have to that. N- number one, I didn't have that. I did not grow up in a church environment. I mean, I went to church when I was five, but then we didn't go to church after that. So. I had to wait until years later in my teenage years when God got a hold of my life and I became a Christian that I got back into the community of faith. Uh, but I had virtually no knowledge of the Bible, uh, of hymns or, or songs that people sing in church. I spent the whole first year of my Christian life at age 16 uh, silent in church because I didn't know any of the songs. I didn't know the tunes, the words. I didn't understand what they meant or anything. So it was all new to me. And perhaps you've known that feeling in your life, in your spiritual life, where where you have you learn something new, and it's just like wow, it's almost like you buy a house and you live in it for years and years, and then all of a sudden you push a button and this bookcase opens, and you walk into this whole series of rooms you didn't even know exist existed in your home, and it's full of incredible treasures, and you're like wow, why didn't I know about this sooner? But we can become very complacent those of us who have grown up in the church like oh, i've heard that before and the pastor says all right we're gonna we're gonna talk about the gospel of john today and you just go oh, i've heard that before so my response is have you really i mean have you really heard everything before have you really plumbed the depths of god's truth are, are you that arrogant to think that you've really figured it out? Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I'll be the first to tell you. I have so much to learn about the Bible. And I've been studying it nonstop since I was 16 years old. I went to the greatest seminary on planet Earth, spent four years studying every book of the Bible, taking Hebrew and Greek and systematic theology and historical theology and all that, went straight into ministry, that taught the Bible, studied the Bible for 30 years after that, traveled across the world teaching people all over the country. And I want to tell you, I've written 31 books about Bible truth. Guess what? I don't know it all. I'm still learning stuff. I'm still being impacted by this living, dynamic truth that comes from an infinite mind. So it, it's, not, it's not like someone says to you, okay, this, this is how you, you, know, you hit a baseball and you learn how to hit a baseball and you go, well, I, I can hit a baseball now. No, you, you, you're always learning. And, and it's not just about learning, it's about experiencing and growing in your faith. You know, the Bible says that, at least in Lamentations, that God's mercies are new every morning. And God's mercies are new because God is a fresh God. God meets us every day where we are. And he does that through his word as well. And there's a really cool verse in uh, 2 Timothy that that sort of helps us in in this regard. And it says in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Be diligent, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. 
this is what I find among Christians today. I meet a lot of professionals, a lot of people who have, who have been to school for what they do, okay? And it, it doesn't have to be some, you know, high-paying, high-dollar, you know, white-collar job. A lot of people go to trade school or, or they go to an apprenticeship and they learn. They learn to be a great mechanic or a great plumber or a great insurance salesman or whatever that you do. Or you may end up going to college and then after that going to grad school to learn your profession. Now, I've known a lot of people that have gone to law school, gone to medical school. Uh, my daughter-in-law is in dental hygiene school right now. We, we prepare ourselves for the future, for our career. And we put countless hours into study. We lose sleep because we're studying. We sacrifice tens of thousands of dollars just so we can become this. What Fill in the blank, you know? So we can be a doctor or be a lawyer or get a master's degree in theology, whatever it is. We spend all this time and energy and, and we put everything else on hold so that we can do that sometimes. But watch this. How much preparation do you spend in becoming the greatest follower of Jesus that you can be? How much investment time are you putting into that? You know, this is, it's not about, no, no hear me now. This is not a, a guilt trip about quiet times, okay? <laughs> I mean, we have beat the quiet time thing to death, haven't we, in the Christian life? I mean, we've, you know, I used to read books about quiet times, and there's all these you know, steps to a great quiet and all this stuff, you know. Hey, quiet time. What, what in the world? That sounds like you're being punished, doesn't it? I go over in the, hey, you're being, get in a quiet time. You're bad. I mean, that's kind of the impression that, that I get. You go be quiet now. Go be quiet with God. It's a quiet time. You know, whatever you want to call it, you know. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about just having a quiet time. I'm talking about there is a direction of your life. There's a, an impetus to your life. There's a thrust to your life that's headed in this direction. There is a, watch this now, a pursuit of your life. And that pursuit is to know God and to follow Him. And that's why Paul said to Timothy, be diligent. Be diligent. That means to prioritize your life so that you can accomplish this. That's what that means. It means to put the time and the effort into it. And guess what? You ready for something that's going to absolutely free you up? Here it is. That looks different for different people, right? I mean, not all of us are wired the same way. Not all of us learn the same way. Not all of us respond the same way. Not all of us are ministered to the same way. We all have an individual walk with God, an individual relationship with God, right? But regardless of that, regardless of our learning style or all those things, if we're going to achieve a certain level of maturity and strength and distance in our spiritual journey, 
then we have to do what it takes to get there, right? I'm, I'm headed over overseas here in a couple of months. I can't think my way there. I can't hope my way there. I can't just watch videos of people who go there. No, I have to pack my bags and get on an airplane and spend 26 hours traveling across the world. I have to do what it takes to get there. Hey, do you want to get there in your spiritual life? You want to, you want something to be your spiritual life and your faith to be fresh every day? Then you have to put the investment into it. And quite frankly, frankly, you ready for this? The reason why there are so many defeated Christians in our world today, so many Christians that are victimized, that are just whipped puppies, that are walking around with their spiritual tail tucked between their legs, they can't overcome crap in their life. You know why? It's because they're not investing in their own spiritual life. It, it's like, you expect to get some huge retirement account when you retire one day, but you've never put anything into it. How do you expect to get back from something you've never invested into? Now, here's the good thing. The great news is that everything you invest in your spiritual life, it all comes back to you for good. It's a great investment. Hey, I've invested in a couple of things before in, in my life. I've, I've invested in a couple of companies. I've invested in, in stocks and the stock market, that kind of thing. And I've never had just this massive return. I've never gotten rich off the stock market or anything else like that, right? But you've got to put in the work if you want to get the return on it. Now, I, I told you last time that, you know, we moved up here to this house in the Ozark and that type of thing. You know, a lot of people think, well, gosh, Jeff Kinley, man, he, he probably has like, you know, people come over and do stuff for him. Like, you know, they rake his leaves and they paint his house and, you know, they mow his lawn and, you know, what does Jeff do? Well, he probably sits on the porch writing, you know, maybe sipping on a mint julep or a lemonade or something. You know, he's just watching his workers out there do the work for him. Hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, you missed that bush there. You need to trim that up a little bit. No. If Jeff Kinley wants to enjoy a good property here, guess what Jeff Kinley does? He gets on his lawnmower and he rides the five acres and spends the three hours and he does that. If Jeff Kinley needs his steps painted then Jeff and his wife get out there and they paint their steps. <laughs> if Jeff Kelly wants to to see his leaves rake, guess what? Jeff gets out there and rakes his leaves. You know why? Because I'm not I'm only going to get in return what I put into to this house. The same is true in your spiritual life. If you want to be strong, if you want to be more consistent, if you want to be more faithful, if you want to be more approved to God in the sense that you're progressing in your spiritual life, then guess what? You got to be diligent. You just got to be diligent. And the Bible tells us that if we do that, then we're not going to be ashamed. I think one of the greatest regrets that people have, that Christians that I know have, is that they wait too late to start growing. They wait too late to start growing. See, a lot of Christians think that because they've heard a lot of things in the Bible, that they sort of figured it out and they sort of coast on that little bit of knowledge that they have. But they don't really know the Bible. They don't really know what God says in his word. They don't they don't really engage in God's vintage truth on a regular basis. They're just living off stuff they've heard and principles. Oh yeah, I heard this is gonna happen, or I heard this prophecy's gonna happen, or I've heard, I've heard Jesus said that. I don't know where it is, but I think he said that somewhere. 
Doesn't it say in the Bible, you know, that he did this or whatever? And they're just kind of like putting together little spiritual truth tidbits. <laughs> but you don't want to be like that. You know, you, you don't want an electrician to come to your home and you go, hey, so how long have you been an electrician? Oh, 35 years. And you're thinking, wow, you must be good. And then you ask him about things. Well, how do you do that? I, you know, I think you do. I think you put this wire to this wire. I think you run this thing down here. And I, we're going to turn this on. If nothing catches fire, you let me know. That's not the electrician you want. You want an electrician who knows what he's doing. And you go to the doctor. You want a doctor that knows what he's doing. You want to go to, to go to a pharmacist that knows what he's doing, right? Don't you want to know what you're doing as a Christian? See, the way to keep your faith fresh is to continually cleanse your mind with Scripture, to continually, as the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, to transform your minds with the Bible, with God's truth. Listen to what Paul says in Romans uh, chapter 12. This is amazing. He says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because of God's great mercy, he says, Present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. It's just a natural response to his mercies to say, okay, here am I, God, take me. And then he says, and do not be conformed to, the, to this world, or don't be compressed into the world's way of thinking or its values. But watch this. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can demonstrate or prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, the way we keep our faith fresh is the way we keep our bodies fresh. Take a bath for crying out loud. Get in the shower every now and then. That's how your body gets fresh, right? Well, that's how your spirit gets fresh. That's how your mind gets fresh too, is by renewing. your Just renew, reboot. How do you do that? That's what the scripture does. And you read old truths in the Bible that have new and fresh application to your life. And you may discover for the first time what a verse actually means. That's cool. That's the joy of discovery. That's awesome. But watch this now. There's something else with that. Something that I get many times. I may know what a verse means. But you know what? Just because you know what a verse means, which, which every verse, every scriptural passage only has one primary meaning but many many applications you may not just find out another way it applies to your life today because your your life today is different than it was yesterday or 10 years ago right it's another reason why you need to be in the scripture because you get no application but secondly you also discover a new depth to an understanding of that primary meaning of that passage so that's why when you give up on the bible you're you're just you're crimping your own air hose you're forfeiting future incredible blessings from God of understanding and ways to experience him freshly every day. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's what God does for us as we make the time and take the time to invest in our spiritual lives. You know what? I could care less what you call it. Call it your quiet time. Call it your, your God time call it your devotion, call it your leave me alone time. I don't care what you call it. You're just spending time with God. 
And what that looks like, whether it's at the kitchen table or lying in your bed or sitting at a desk or at a deer stand, I don't care what you're doing. As long as you're connecting with God and the truth of his word, and, and that's how God is talking to you, then guess what? You're going to find that your faith is going to feel fresh. It won't get stale. It won't get moldy. It won't grow sour. It won't, the expiration date won't come to pass. Guess what? It's going to be a fresh faith. And you can have that if you make that investment. You willing to do that? I bet you are. God bless. I'll see you next time on the Vintage Truth Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.